0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's message is, What is a Wilderness and Why Now? Times are changing, and many of you have heard me talk several times now about what is to come. And in what is to come, when there is famine, when there is lack, when there's persecution, when there's pestilence, it's going to be tantamount in that time to believe the Lord for everything you need on a daily basis. And I mean like on a literal day-to-day basis. You know, we're told to have enough faith for each day. And, you know, you'll note there I said on a day-to-day basis because that's essentially how it is now. You know, when times are still relatively normal, you know, if you can call them that, you still have a relatively easy life. You know, you can still go to the store to get what you need. And how often does one think of how it will be when you can no longer rely on your own strength for these things, but rather you have to learn to rely on the Lord for everything that you take for granted now. And really, we should take nothing for granted at this time. We should be giving thanks to the Father for everything. You know, when you have to rely on him as your comfort and strength, when you can no longer work or you are not able to provide protection for yourself, Or you can't be in any type of situation where it's no longer safe. How will you believe him? How are you planning to believe him for provision? Whether it's just to eat or even have shelter. Because what many often don't consider is that when the financial collapse occurs, at some point, what faith they have is what they're going to have to lean on in that time. Jesus is all that's going to matter god's word is all that's going to matter that's all you're going to have not your job not your entertainment not your social status not your looks not your parents not your own preparations you know in other words those things that you put first and spend more time on now will not matter later on i mean you can prepare all you want but if you don't put jesus first that will do you absolutely no good in the long run, especially if and when you are on the run for your life because at some point, we know the persecution comes. And guys, it's already ratcheting up. You know, it was in the news yesterday that the Pope is calling for the worldwide legalization of LGBTQ behaviors. He calls any laws against it unjust and says God loves his children just as they are. And he's calling on Catholic bishops who support such laws to welcome these individuals into the church. You know ladies and gentlemen I've said this before Jesus welcomes the sinner if they have intention to repent. Repentance is in the regard that that person intends to turn away from their sin and gain new life in Jesus Christ so as to be delivered from Satan's snare. You know the time is short there's a bunch of confusion he's trying to drag as many souls to hell with him as he can. But the church needs and should remember the bible is clear the lord does not condone homosexuality and in the last podcast i told you when i read from first corinthians 6 verses 9 through 10 that those who practice such or are revelers which that essentially means troublemakers and really the proper definition of it is those who enjoy doing evil like they're embracing evil and they enjoy taking part in it and dragging others into it as well. That's essentially what you see now. Sodomites or fornicators shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And, you know, this goes for non-LGBTQ people as well. If you're straight and thinking you can fornicate and walk around in idolatry and sexual sin and perversion and all that, you're just in as much sin as they are. Because remember, God sees sin as sin. It doesn't matter who it is. There's no labels in heaven, okay? It's either you're a sinner or you're purifying your heart and you're serving him. Remember, if you're not for him, you're against him. And you know, in reporting on the whole thing with the Pope, I'm not here today to criticize Catholics. You know, I've talked about idolatry and other things I disagree with in the past, but it doesn't change the fact that sin is sin. And I've talked many times about coming away from churches, any churches or denominations that do not speak against it. You know, they just tell you well, you need to just turn from your sin and they don't tell you what or explain what it is. That's kind of a problem. How's that supposed to help anybody? And so, anybody who wants to disagree with me there or try to accuse me of being a hater, you know, needs to remember, no, that's God's word. And I'm going to honor God's word. You know, Paul spoke this very thing, 1 Corinthians 5, starting on verse 9. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet, I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous, the, you know, the covetous, that's those who are jealous or extortioners. That's manipulators. Oh boy. There's a lot of manipulating going on. I've heard it from people who go to a church and then will manipulate their own kids. Like you don't respect me and you don't love me. And they're being mean to their kids. But, you know, going back Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. Then you know what that means is the Lord knows we have to deal with it. You know, it's in the world. You know, it's with the unsaved, but it's not supposed to be in the church because the church is supposed to be holy. And to allow such, it's a heresy. But moving on to verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reveler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? You know, verse 13 is key. But those who are outside God judges, therefore put away from yourselves the evil person. And so that means god will judge the unbelievers but if a person in the church does not repent we are told that we are to remove them from the church that is the congregation the true believers not the ones who have adulterated the word and you know treat jesus like he's a hippie and this is the problem nowadays mainstream churches are preaching a different type of jesus than what is biblically sound doctrine wise and that my friends is frankly it's it's just apostate in the apostasies they're going to be judged even harsher because those in the church are supposed to know the things god does not approve of and they have no excuse not to if they represent the father the son and the holy spirit correctly and so you know there it is black and white and without debate so what that means is if a person does not repent from their sin you are not to continue to fellowship with them but rather remove them from the church For if you continue to allow it, then you essentially, you're agreeing with that sin more than you do with God and the purpose why he sent his son, Jesus to cleanse us by his blood. You know, in other words, by allowing the sin and then worshiping and praising in it, that's like you're celebrating the apostasy. Do you think that God honors that? I can assure you he doesn't. And on the contrary, His word states in 2 Peter 3.9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises of judgment, but wants all to come to repentance. And there has been plenty of time to do that, guys. Plenty of time. I mean, we don't want to be taking that time for granted because it is quickly running out of the hourglass. I mean, Jesus said, quoting John 15.22, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. So, I mean you really cannot argue with the Lord. But why did I go off on that side point? Why do I mention this as part of the Wilderness Podcast? I mention it because not only are people going into a wilderness to be ultra-refined due to these types of sins that the Lord detests, but also because in what the powers that be are doing, by allowing this type of apostasy, they're paving the way for persecution against the true believers. And that's going to be part of what you're going to be shown is protection. You know, Psalm 91, for example, you'll learn to decree that one above anything else. But there's many others. And this is why I've told you guys to get a promise book. But you may remember Jesus said a time when those who kill you and throw you out of the church will think that they're doing God a favor. You know, it's confusion on steroids and the sin itself. And then the adulterating the word trying to say God is all accepting and there's no judgment. He's only love you know, what's happening right now, it's disgusting. It's all happening right now. Divisions are happening now, you know, and the church is no exception because lines are being drawn. And part of the wilderness will be to show you God's protection in these times, because remember, 2 Timothy 2, verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble, and that is for preaching the true gospel as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. That means It does not matter how much they change the gospel, how much they try to adulterate it, change it, make God to be someone he's not or a God that he isn't, you know, they're not going to undo what God's going to do. In the end, his judgments are going to come and there's going to be no escape because those who have been born and have heard the truth, if they continue to reject it, they're going to be given over to their desires. You know, that's why I did the whole thing on apostate. It's like, if we keep walking in the wrong ways, We got to be careful because we're going to be given over to it. You know, at some point he says, all right, I gave you, I don't know how many chances because God is very merciful. You know, anybody who's ever been in sin knows that he is very merciful and patient, you know, but the point here, as it relates to what I'm talking about today. As more of God's true people preach the true word of God, the persecution is going to abound and eventually the Bible, it's going to be outlawed. And during that time, you're going to need the faith you have built in studying the word and by testing and trying it to stand on that faith. In a wilderness, for those who say that they are of the Lord but keep refusing him or lie by saying they have faith when they don't know how to use it, that wilderness is designed to show them exactly that and try them in it and then refine and get strengthened what needs work. You know, God will be your protection in that time. It's not going to be from anyone or anything else. You know, and what we need to see is that that is a good thing, not a bad thing, because what that ought to show you is God's love for you. Because remember, he only chastens those who are truly his children. You know, we can look at Hebrews twelve eleven. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And that is right standing with God and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. And no purpose, because part of a wilderness is also to show some that they have a calling. And I mean, you can fight God and make it harder on yourself, or you can submit to him. You can embrace his will and make it that much easier on yourself. The choice is yours. But the longer you take, let me just tell you from experience, that's the longer you will be there. Because when I went into my first wilderness, I had no idea, guys, that I was even in one. I was in it for like, I don't know, I think seven, eight months before I realized it. And I think it was actually Glinda's book, The Wilderness Companion, I bought and read. And that's how I learned that that's where I was. And another reason for submitting to the Lord is to learn how to hear when he speaks folks, I cannot tell you how important this will be in the future. So when you stop and think about it, this is the Lord's mercy. That is part of the mercy. And how you do this is you get quiet with him. You read the word and you keep praying. You know, remember we're told never stop praying. I think it was 1 Thessalonians 5:11, never stop praying. Then, you know, I talked to the Lord throughout the day. There is no way I could function if I didn't He gives me the grace to endure all the trials that i walk through. Because when you do this type of work, you are under the target of the enemy all the time. You know, you get attacked and everything. And we get tested on everything we teach too. So you need to have a close relationship with him. And it's not just people who teach the word. It is going to be all believers. Because like I said, everyone's being tested right now. And, you know, he wants to teach all of, he wants to teach all of us through much adversity. So you're going to go through trials because that's how he's going to strengthen your faith to trust him, hear him and count on him. You know, Isaiah 30 verses 20 through 22 say, though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of oppression, yet your teacher will no longer hide himself, but your eyes will constantly see your teacher. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, and you will defile your carved images overlaid with silver and your cast images plated with gold, you will scatter them like a bloodstained cloth and will say to them, be gone. And you know, in other words, that's, you'll get rid of those idols real quick because in that wilderness, it changes you. It's one of the most intense refinings you'll go through. The dross is purified in everything. The idols is a big one. And we need to focus less on the worldly anyway, because remember, though the things of the earth pass away, Jesus promised in his word that his words will never pass away. And so you'll learn how to use his words to pray on what you need. And all of it is to increase your faith. And so what's another reason for the wilderness? Well, provision. You know, when they collapse everything, guys, or it happens as a cause of war or another pandemic, rights are going to be taken away. Passports and papers, they're going to be the norm. You know, what we experienced in 2020 and 2021 was a test run for all of this. That was basically training wheels for the mark of the beast system. It was training wheels for the beast system. I've called it that many, many times before. Many were going around saying it was the mark. No, it wasn't. It was training for it. It was an experiment. Some had a placebo, some got the real thing, Many died. They were collateral damage. What it was truly for was for them to refine the system and put in the measures for control, but also to see how many would go along with it. And ladies and gentlemen, they're planning another. You know, I just saw a video by uh, Dabu7, and I can't remember what he said it was called, but they're looking at 2025 as possibly when they're going to do it. And they just happen to be holding a drill or some kind of a meeting before it begins. And that's interesting because before COVID hit, they held one in uh, October of 2019. So something to keep in mind. You know, it just came out today that the United States has launched a new office of pandemic response. And guys, this is the thing. They try to gaslight everybody and make everything sound so reasonable. They do not want people knowing the true intent of this. Is simply for more control and more relinquishing of your rights. And I'm not saying there won't be an actual disease or something. There likely will be. And this time, it'll probably be visual because they got to scare everybody. They got to have a reason. And as to what any route that'll take, we don't know. It doesn't really matter. The fact is they're using it to take your rights away. Just the same as the climate alarm is every time there's a heat wave, you know, they want to get you to accept that it's your fault that the earth is getting hotter while they spray chemicals, which is actually keeping the heat in. And then meanwhile, they're flying their private little jets, hundreds and hundreds of jets to, you know, well, what was it? Uh, something cop, 26 or something. You know, this, this meeting that was going on over in Europe. I mean, I saw something the other day on my local ABC affiliate And it posed the question, I couldn't believe this, they posed the question of whether or not air conditioners are making it hotter, I kid you not. And so why are they doing that and why are they banning gas generators? Gas stoves, anyone? I mean, the insanity, guys, it's so obvious, but they think you're too stupid to figure it out. And the reason they think that they can get away with it is because many are passively and unknowingly going along with it. You know, they think by agreeing with their slavery somehow that that makes them on the winning side. And what it's doing is it's helping it along. Oh, that's hits crazy. You now think of it like a snake wrapping slowly around its prey so that by the time the prey figures out what's happening, they become the dinner. You know, folks, bottom line is these people want you to own nothing and be happy. They want to starve you in a submission. To their iron fist. Their plan is nearly in place. And these few things. Are only a few aspects of it. You know if there's a new pandemic. Or if there's a war with China or Russia. Or they collapse the economy. And they bring it back online as digital only. Think of how many. Will beg for that. When they can't feed their children. Think of how many will go along. When they can't feed themselves. You know. You saw anyone, you know, he traded his soul for a bowl of beans. What about paying your rent? You know, are you willing to accept the digital system to take part in commerce? You know, I told you a while back, they're installing readers on fridge sections of certain stores. Some are using the excuse that, oh, that's just to protect from theft. Well, hmm, why are those fridge doors still accessible now? And these are stores like CVS and Walgreens doing this. You know, for those abroad, that's like drugstores over here. You know, but they sell food and different items in those stores. Like, so in the refrigerated section, they'll have things locked. So if it were just about that, why aren't the things on the shelf secure? That is happening in high crime areas, yes. But it's been seen also in convenience stores like Circle K's and 7-Elevens in different areas. So what's the purpose? And you see that the funding of the police, the high crime, that was the perfect alibi. You know, that was all allowed so that they could just tell everyone, Oh, you know, it's for your safety. And then they were quietly putting it in without any questions asked. So, I mean, when you have to have a chip to open something like a refrigerator door at a store or a mark to be scanned, are you willing to deny that product you would normally buy? Or are you going to deny Jesus instead and take their chip? Are you going to take their mark? I mean, there's been news now for a few years that Gates and company are working on a new skin patch. I only have to question if it'll be worn on the hand or on the forehead. You know, and I don't say this in tongue in cheek, guys, you can clearly see where this is going. They've been testing this technology in Sweden since the end of 2021, and people are willingly taking it. Oh, it's just for convenience. Here, let me just wave my hand, beep, opens the door, lets me into work, whatever. They're testing similar technology in Australia, You know, back when I had Brother H on, I can't remember when, when did I have him on? I want to say it was back in, was it, it was, it was at the beginning of the year, but when I had him on, you know, I was playing a clip. I want to say it was from channel seven or nine over there. And they were talking about biometrics being used to let people into certain areas. And so it goes up and then they tout it like, oh, it's for your safety, for your safety. And meanwhile, you have stuff going on with bankings, identity theft, and everything else. And they're, that's being allowed as well. You know, What they want to do is make everything so difficult, so people want to latch onto things. Have you noticed when you try to do anything anymore, it takes so long to get something done, like for basic essential services? There's a reason for that. They're trying to inconvenience everybody. But at the same time, this is part of the judgment because our choices, our options are being taken from us. This is part of it. And this is all the more reason a wilderness, a refining is going to be needed to get people to understand how to count on the Lord, to teach them to obey and count on God for everything. The B system is being put into place while most go about their lives being oblivious to it. You know, and most people might say, well, I can, I can, you know, I have my own place. I don't have to worry. I have my own land. Let me tell you, they'll make it. So you can't even pay your property taxes unless you take part in that system. And it'll start with the currency going digital. I mean, credit and debit cards, they'll still be accepted. You know, it places the they you know, the, the retailers will accept those. But I mean, you got to question. What would stop them at that point from propelling it forward? Now, whether or not there can be any pushback against this, maybe to a degree, but you know, God's word is going to play out guys, you know, so if you're working right now and if you plan to work in the future, how do you plan to get paid? So you see, this is yet another reason a wilderness is going to be necessary so that the Lord can teach you in a time of lack, say when you're without a job, that's a perfect time. He's going to teach you how to depend on him. This is another reason I tell you to be merciful in giving now because the mercy you extend, especially to somebody who's in the wilderness, those seeds you plant, you know, they will be shown to you then. What you sow is what you reap. And when I talk about this in other podcasts, it's for the reason because some of you have never gone through a wilderness before. And one of the things you realize quickly, anything like pride or resentment that needs to be put in check, because one of the things a wilderness is designed to do is humble you greatly so that that you will be dependent on others. So when I pose the question, are we cheating and testing God on these things? There's a good reason I plead for you guys to do the right thing now, if you're not doing it already, because if anything is an idol or you place more value on your own will, you know, you're essentially making yourself an idol if you do that, by the way, you know, if you're doing that, you'll be shown how uncomfortable it can get. What's another reason for the wilderness? It is to purge the sin, you know, idolatry. Like I was just saying, that's one of them. You know, some are stuck to mommy or daddy. Some love their money. Some love their kids. You know, they 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 treat their kids like trophies like oh everything before and it's like god's first if you are putting anything else before god it's an idol you know some don't make time for the lord because they love a certain activity some are too busy in their career or job and then when they're not at work they're doing other frivolous things rather than seeking god and you know as christians we're supposed to seek God on everything and for everything. And this is what I meant by many losing their jobs, because one way or another, he's going to get your attention. Especially if you're in a lot of pride or you're in sin or you're putting everything else before him. I mean, I I talked to someone recently and he said, well, I'm going to leave the job on my terms. And this is after the Lord showed me in spirit that he was taking this gentleman out of work because this guy has a calling. I said, you need to pray on it and see what the Lord wants you to be doing. And he said, well, I'll leave my job if God gives me a blessing first. And I I mean, I told him straight up, I said, unfortunately, that's not the way it works. You don't get to choose. You know, could God bless you when he pulls you out of a job? Well, sure he could. He can do anything if a person believes, but that would defeat... The entire purpose of teaching you how to count on Him. Also, how would that bring Him any glory? He's not going to just do that so you continue on as you have been. You know, God's not just an ATM we seek when we need provision and then we run back into the world to be distracted with entertainment, like, or social media or video games or whatever else. How can He build your faith? If you're constantly playing in the world, he's supposed to be front and center in our lives on everything. Even when times were good, he should be front and center. He wants you to trust him in what comes. He wants you to build a relationship with him. He is your provider, guys, not the world. And if he's not, then you're in idolatry. And what the Lord giveth, he can take away if we do not maintain our faith in him, and if we are not putting him first or even trying to have a relationship with him in any way whatsoever. And that means more than five minutes. I realize people get tired and they get worn down. No, I'm talking about when you're going days and days and days, and he maybe gets an hour of your time a week. That's not a relationship. You can say you aren't all you want, and you can play the word games all you want, But he knows your heart, and if you put everything else before him and then declare out of the other side of your mouth that you believe him, he's really going to test you in that. Now, like I said earlier, some are called to serve. They have a calling, and they know it, but are still very much trying to find a job or go to college or other tasks that they busy themselves with. You know, they'll say, well, I'll do what God wants, but I'm going to do it on my terms. It's like, all right, you can do that. But God's going to say, well, we'll just see about that. Proverbs 16.1. The plans and reflections of the heart belong to man, but the wise answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That means you can plan and plan and plan all you want. We all love to plan. Most of us do anyway, but the Lord's going to decide. This is why I did the whole thing, the whole podcast on waiting, guys, because I know I've been waiting. I don't just sit and plan what I want to do. You know, in Proverbs 16, nine says that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, trying to think, you know, better, you know, Romans 9, 20, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it? Why have you made me like this? You know, in other words, why, why me or why, why are you doing this to me and nobody else? Why, why? You know, it's like I've said before, do not compare yourselves to others. Some are like, why can't I get married? This person is. And it's like, maybe you're set apart because God's got a calling for you. Maybe you're different than everybody else. You don't go along with everybody else. Isaiah 45, 9. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator. Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? You know, so when you go your own way, in other words, are you trying to call God clumsy that he doesn't know what he's doing? You know, be careful because if you say one thing, he can show, like, I'll show you, you know, we don't want to test him in the wrong ways. I've said this many times, you know, Ecclesiastes 6.10, everything has already been decided. It was known long ago what each person would be. So there's no use arguing with God about your destiny. And you know, in other words, what you should do is embrace what the Lord wants to show you. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you, our potter. And we all are the work of your hand. That is a verse to glorify him. And what that means is that he's constantly shaping us. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He calls us he will decide our ways. We can plan all we want. He gives us free choice, but ultimately he decides and that brings him the glory because when we submit to him, we give him the glory. If we could only stop to consider what he wants for us and not everything we want for ourselves, you know, being selfless and you ain't going to have a choice in what comes anyway. So, I mean, you may as well submit to him and at least submit to the refining because you never know when you're going home and he might want to get sin out of your life before he calls you home. So, you know, I've said it before many go to church once a week and smile and nod, but they've really never known what it's like to rely solely on the Lord, like in a dire situation, like I need help, or I need to pay for this, or I need to eat, or I need to go somewhere, or I need to be led in the right direction. And that's why many are going to go into a wilderness because they'll say that they do know, but they'll treat everybody else with contempt. And so, you know, be careful in your dealings with others because that wilderness, you know, it's a refining of sins and that's one of the things you'll learn in a wilderness is how to fight against sin. You know, when I went into a wilderness, I had a lot of sin that had to be purged out of me. This was, you know, years ago. And I had to say dangerous prayers. I had to make, you know say like, Lord, please deliver me from this. Please show me faith. Please show me, you know, increase my faith. I said dangerous prayers like that. And some people are afraid to say dangerous prayers because, you know, they don't want to have to deal with, they're afraid of what's going to happen. They're afraid God will punish them. And it's like, how do you know if you don't say dangerous prayers on the other hand, that you won't get ultimately what you're asking for in the end? You know, you got to start somewhere. You got to ask to be delivered you got to ask to be healed. Maybe he wants to take you through a valley so that he can show you how he's going to provide for you. So he can show you the patience. So he can, because we're such a society, you know, we want everything right away. You know, everything's instant right here, right now, our way or the highway. And we've gotten in such a habit of doing that. And this is what I was saying earlier that it's like, we're almost telling God like, Oh, we know better than you do. No, he'll, if patience is one of your virtues, he'll show you that. So, you know, maybe things aren't going well at work or you feel like you're being forced out of your job or things just seem like they're falling apart. You know, maybe your credit cards are approaching max and you don't know where, you know, the next thing you're going to have is going to come from your next provision, your next meal. You don't know. You know, make sure you're submitting. To the refining could be your attitude there could be something with your attitude that god doesn't like you know maybe you know you're disrespectful maybe you live with people older who have been blessing you and if you're treating them like scum all the time you know you've been given so many chances to repent and you refuse to do it and you've been given warnings well you might end up in a wilderness you know i want you to reflect during these times when you feel worn down or you might be feeling hopeless, you know, if you're already going through stress and you don't know what you're going to do. And this is so you'll begin to put more of your focus on the Lord and not the things of the world. I've talked about this in several podcasts since the beginning of the year. You know, I did God's way or the way of pride. You know, that was one of them. I said, are you going to follow the Lord? or Are you going to stay behind and do what you want to do and miss the opportunity? Are you really walking in his ways? That was another one. You know, I talked about embracing him. I talked about, you know, refining out the sin, seeking him and everything. You know, time is running short, guys, and he's getting his people ready for the coming seasons ahead. You know, it's only up to us to submit and be obedient or the consequences for disobedience. They're going to be far worse. You know, some are going home sooner than others. So it could be a sin he wants to find out so that you're ready when the judgments arrive. You know, others, they have a reason to be here longer. They're meant to witness to people. They're meant to prophesy. They're meant to do other works. The Lord has a job for them to do, but he needs to get them out of the world and dependent on him first. So it could be for any of these things. And when you're in a wilderness, what you want to do is seek him in everything and for everything. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, remember I said, seek him first on everything and other things will be added unto you. If you're constantly wanting to rebel and go your own way, constantly like, no, I want this. I'll do it with conditions, blah, blah, blah. That is not going to get you anywhere because God can sit there and say, I can wait all day. I can wait all year. That's what he did with me. I was going the opposite way at first when I didn't even know. I was trying to find jobs. I couldn't get anything. So if you're not meant to get another job, you won't. Or it'll be something you absolutely hate. That's another way that can happen to show you're not supposed to be there. Or an accident can happen. Things can happen. Like you're not supposed to be in this. You're not supposed to go there. You're not supposed to work there. He doesn't want you there. He wants you focused on him but I'm married and I have It's like, well, your wife will be tested to see. Cause one of the things I learned in the wilderness guys was that God will test people around you. So if you're living with your parents, for example, he'll test your parents. How much are they going to sass you? How much are they going to help you? Cause he's looking at it like, Hmm, you know, you're being tested too, but he's testing them. Do I need to put them into the wilderness next? So it's also about the other person. So you know, if you're aware of these things and you have a spouse, you know, you might be well-to-do to explain to her or him, you know, what's going on or what you believe may be happening. But, you know, don't be getting upset and going running to the world, you know, you want to be sober, you know, well-balanced and self-disciplined, be alert, cautious at all times. This is First Peter 5, 8 through 10. You know, because the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith. You know, be firm in your faith. This is what you're meant to learn in the wilderness. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. In other words, you are not suffering alone. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, that is, making you what you ought to be. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that's all I have for you this week. I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you in showing you what the Lord may be doing in your life if uh, things seem to be in turmoil or not making sense. You know, remember, God is with you. He does love you. And he has a greater purpose for you in one way or another. And that said, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, may Jesus bless you all. And until next time, have a great week, everyone.